Welcome into WSIU Sports NFL Divisional Round Preview Show. My name is Jory Mickens. I'll be your host for this show, and I'll be joined by a, a panel of experts throughout the show. But my co-host for today, Chris Kiley, you heard from him last week. Chris, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Um, you throw you threw out the idea of running this back again, and I'm all for it. Because when you, I'm looking at these uh, four games right now, Buffalo, Kansas City, uh, Bengals, Titans, Packers, uh, 49ers, and Bucks, Rams, I love them all. Um, they're all, all eight teams have shown so far this year that they can be legit in some instances, sometimes not always. But a lot of these teams uh, have shown that they're legit. And I'm really excited because – up for ups besides maybe a couple of teams, I could see all of these teams being Super Bowl contenders or being in the Super Bowl. It's certainly going to be a jam-packed weekend full of, of great matchups, some great teams. But we're going to just dive right into it with the first game of the weekend. That is the number four Cincinnati Bengals taking on the top-seeded Tennessee Titans in this AFC battle. And our two guests for this one, going to be Victor Gonzalez and Michael Bellafamini. Guys, before we even jump into this matchup, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How about you? Doing swell. Michael, how are you? I'm also doing pretty good. Michael, we uh, we heard from you last week, um, so I'm, I'm excited to hear what you have to say as well as you, Victor. But, you know, fresh off their first postseason victory in 31 years, the Bengals will head to Tennessee this weekend to take on the top-seeded Titans. Tennessee earned a first-round bye after winning three their final three games of the regular season, and they also finished with the league's fifth-ranked rushing attack despite missing running back Derrick Henry for much of the season. And if I saw correctly, I believe Derrick Henry will be active this weekend and playing in this game. So that's obviously going to change a lot, uh, potentially the outcome. But we'll start with you, Michael. I mean, as the, the Bengals analyst, how do you see this game playing out? Well, it would be – I'm not going to lie. It would be a lot easier if Derrick Henry was still not playing. So the Bengals' defense definitely has their work cut out for him. But I just want to come uh, – uh, recircle back to the game against the Raiders. They really did a good job of limiting mistakes. Joe Burrow played great. Mixon was solid. Jamar Chase, what can you say, he keeps – adding on to his resume for rookie of the year. And uh, it was just – my score prediction almost came true for a second, but uh, they did they did their jobs. And I think there's a chance they could definitely keep the momentum going into Tennessee. And history, like I said, history wasn't on their side last week, but they still pulled through. But this week it's really not looking good because I read that they are 0-7 in road playoff games in their franchise history. So that's pretty uh, interesting. But – uh, streaks are meant to be broken. So I think they have a good chance of doing it. The Titans are, I know they're the one seed, but they're just extremely inconsistent. I mean, it's funny how the Bengals and the Titans both lost to the Jets this year, but um, the Titans also lost to the Texans at home. So I've seen some arguments on social media that they're like one of the worst one seeds in recent memory, but they're still a solid team. And they did have half the season without Derrick Henry. But uh, I think the Bengals have, they're definitely going to keep it close. I think. They got the talent to do it. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I mean, Joe Burrow, since week 14, he's eclipsed a triple-digit QBR. He's thrown 13 touchdowns and zero interceptions. He's been absolutely balling. 
to close out the season and heading into the playoffs. So hopefully he can utilize that momentum heading into this matchup against Tennessee. Speaking of Tennessee, Victor, I mean, how do you see this game playing out? Yeah, so bringing up the inconsistencies with Tennessee, you know, A.J. Brown has only played in 13 games this year. Julio Jones has only played in 10 games this year. Derrick Henry has only played in, I believe, like eight games this year. So they haven't had their trio of uh, main attacking, um, their, their offense, basically. So now they're getting these guys all back healthy off uh, the first week by the playoffs. They're going to play the Bengals. And I wanted to bring up uh, something that I saw. Last week, the Bengals gave up 7.4 yards per rush against the Raiders on only 14 rushing attempts. And you bring in Derrick Henry uh, back with the tight ends who already averaged 141 rushing yards per game this year. I think uh, I think Tennessee needs to do what they do best and continue to run the ball, feed Derrick Henry. And uh, I think he's going to be completely healthy. Mike Rabel, uh, the head coach for Tennessee, when asked if uh, Derrick Henry was uh, 100% to go, he said he's a machine. He's going to. He's going he's gonna to be fed the rock. So I think, you know, Tennessee, you play uh, the time of possession game. Don't give Joe Burrow and uh, that dynamic offense a lot of time to work with. And you just feed Derrick Henry, I think. And then you bring in A.J. Brown and Julio Jones into that offense. It, it just, it's going to open up the, the attacking threat that Tennessee has on offense. And on the defensive side, uh, Tennessee, um, it's, these are stats that are both ranked second in the league. They have 35 sacks and 153 QB pressures. Now, the Bengals offensive line is known not to be that well. As seen last week, Max Crosby got all over Joe Burrow last week. So I think if Tennessee's defensive line could win in the trenches with Harold Landry on the edge and big Jeffrey Simmons in the middle, you know, I think it's going to be a, a long day for Joe Burrow in that offense. But, uh, yeah, I think I think Tennessee just needs to beat uh, Derrick Henry. That's the key to success. I'm certainly very excited to see this Tennessee offense with all their weapons back, you know, Derrick Henry, Julio Jones, A.J. Brown, they've all missed a, a number of times throughout the regular season. So it's going to be interesting to see how they all mesh together in the playoffs. But Chris, I mean, as a co-host, there's a lot of a lot of narratives in this game. What do you see in this one? Definitely. I think um, when you look at Tennessee so far this year and we've mentioned the injuries, there's also a good part of that in that they've been able to win some insane amount of games going 12 and five with the most players this season. They've gone six and two versus playoff teams. And with that schedule that we would think, oh, you're facing two games, Jacksonville, two games against the Texans. You're the only team in the AFC South that eventually made the playoffs. The fact that they had that great of a record facing the Rams, uh, facing a lot of great other teams uh, across both uh, conferences they really performed. And then also they went a solid six and three without Derrick Henry showing that they were able to weather the storm battle tested. And lately Ryan Tannehill, who you have your questions about, is he, you know, a quarterback, they get to the Super Bowl. His last three games, he's through 73% completion percentage and has a seven to zero touchdown interception ratio. So he's definitely shown that he's been playing great lately. And when it comes to teams that, of that classic structure of winning in the postseason. Titans definitely have that where they're going to kill you when it comes to owning the time of possession. Their running game is going to be their primary form of offense. And they're obviously going to play great defense compared to last year where they were struggling throughout the year and eventually it caught them and they lost the Ravens. This year, that front seven has been solid. And I think that they'll really perform when it comes to Cincinnati. We saw versus uh, versus the Raiders, 
their ability to limit turnovers and not give make uh, give ups to the Raiders. It turned out to be productive for them. I thought that was their X factor. It'll be interesting to see how that uh, those clash those two clash. Yeah, there's certainly a lot of storylines heading into this game, but I'm excited to hear what your predictions are for this matchup. Michael, we'll start with you. How? What do you think? What is the outcome of this game? Who who wins? Well, I just got to keep riding the Bengals and their momentum. In in the past, we've seen that like if you have a bye, teams are rusty. Plus Henry, I mean, he's a beast, but maybe he'll be rusty. And the fact that a lot of the players have been out, maybe they just don't have the chemistry together yet. But I know they had that extra week of practice. But uh, good news for the Bengals that Trey Hendrickson cleared concussion protocol, so at least that's good that they get a good uh, D lineman for game time. And uh, one guy I didn't mention when I was like reviewing the box score from last week, a major piece of why they are they are here is Evan McPherson. He was four for four with kicks last week, so I think he's going to have to continue his perfect run in the playoffs. I think it'll be a close game. Maybe we'll see an overtime game. But I'll go Bengals 27, Titans 24. Victor, what about you? Can the Titans get back to the AFC championship game? I think they can. You know, if they keep uh, – they do what I said, beat Derrick Henry and continue to run the ball on a, on a defense that doesn't do well against the run, I think uh, they will be successful. And then the defense just needs to limit Joe Burrow and uh, that dynamic offense, as I said, because Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd, you know, they're real threats. But uh, when you when you have a secondary that, uh, you know, the past couple of weeks has shown up, I think they could get the job done. And uh, I have the Titans winning pretty comfortably, 31 to 17. What about you, Chris? How do you see this one playing out? Yeah, um, Cincinnati's definitely been the public favorite as being the upset of the week. That was kind of last week's uh, San Francisco. But I don't think enough people have been respecting the Titans um, in the years of Brian uh, – Brian Vrabel as the head coach. Uh, this team always is going to compete, and they're, I should I would never want to doubt against them. I'm going to go with the Titans. Uh, similar, uh, I'm going to give them double digits. We'll go 27 to 17. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to agree with uh, Chris and Victor here. I think the Titans are going to get the job done. Obviously, you know, coming getting the the first round by sometimes it's at least the detriment of a team but I feel like it it certainly helped I mean you get one of the best running back if not the best running back back in your starting lineup so and you know we have to remember in their game against the Raiders Larry Ovenjovi for the Bengals out for the season uh you know that's a, a starting defensive tackle that certainly could have made some big time plays um in this game so I say Titans 28-24. I think the Bengals will keep it close, but I think in the end, Tennessee will will uh, come out with a victory. But guys, Michael, Victor, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate your insight and uh, take care. Enjoy the weekend. Thank you for having me. All right. Well, we're now going to move on to our next matchup. That is the number six San Francisco 49ers and the top-seeded NFC team, the Green Bay Packers. And for this game, we have Jimmy Bliss, who we heard from a little bit last week as well. Jimmy, before we even get into this game, how are you doing? I'm doing well, Jory. I would be doing a little bit better if my Jets were in the playoffs. But unfortunately for my case, only won four games. We're not going to be talking about them today, but still doing well. 
well, maybe maybe in the future. You know, maybe give it a year or two. We'll, maybe we'll see the, the green back in the playoffs. Who knows? Anyway, in this rematch of the 2019 NFC Championship game, the 49ers coming off a controversial win against the Dallas Cowboys. I'm sure everyone saw that ending. It was pretty crazy. But this this San Francisco team is going to travel to Lambeau Field and take on the top-seeded Packers. San Francisco has won three straight playoff games against Green Bay, but the Packers are 2-1 and one all-time in this postseason series at home. So, Jimmy, I mean, again, the 49ers, maybe you call it luck. They uh, escaped Dallas with a victory. Um, I think they probably would have won that game regardless of that ending. But can they take down the Green Bay Packers? I mean, what what's the game plan for them? So first and foremost, I don't think it was any luck. I think the better team won on Sunday. And people forget that the Niners had that game won for pretty much the entire game. They were leading the entire game against the Cowboys. They had the perfect game plan. And they would have won very you know, easily, but Jimmy G didn't let Trent Williams get set on that last play on fourth and inches or else the 49ers would have just won that game easily. I think he got two or three yards on that fourth and inches on that QB sneak, but alas, the, the 49ers gave the football back to the Cowboys and they had one last opportunity, and we all know how that went down. But the 49ers, I wouldn't necessarily count them out of this game yet, but it will be an uphill battle. It looks like Jimmy Garoppolo will be playing as well as Nick Bosa and Fred Warner after all three of them got injured a week ago. Jimmy G, he injured his shoulder and he only had 38 passing yards in the second half after sustaining that shoulder injury. Nick Bosa, he had a concussion, so he's not going to be at full strength, but still a, whatever, 75% Nick Bosa, still a very dangerous Nick Bosa. Fred Warner as well, he came out in the second half and it was some sort of leg injury. I don't believe it was specified, but it looks like he'll be good to go for tomorrow's game as well. And the key for the 49ers in this one, the Packers, they have a pretty, pretty bad run defense. Fortunately for the 49ers, they have a very good rushing offense. The Packers give up 4.7 yards per carry, and the 49ers average 4.5 yards per carry. So they're probably going to be upping that average a little bit on Saturday evening. And the Niners, they rushed for 2,166 yards and 22 touchdowns during the regular season. They really control that line of scrimmage, and they really do get a good push from their offensive line, which is led by Trent Williams, again, the number one ranked left tackle according to pro football focus. He is going to keep that pass rush of the Packers at bay for most of the evening. And just a week ago against the Cowboys, the Cowboys have a pretty good pass rush as well with Michael Parsons, Randy Gregory, everyone else they have, but they didn't have a single sack against the 49ers thanks to Trent Williams and the rest of that offensive line playing at a very, very high level. Of course, Debo Samuels there, he's at full strength. He's probably going to run the ball and he's going to receive as well. He had a rushing touchdown a week ago. He had over 1,400 receiving yards and 300 rushing yards during the regular season, he accounted for 14 touchdowns 
and over 1,700 all-purpose yards. He's going to be huge if the 49ers are going to win this game. And also George Kittle, I think, is going to be a big X factor as well. He didn't really get going against the Cowboys a week ago, but he's still a very, very good tight end, one of the best in the league. And the Packers have struggled with covering tight ends this season, so he can be a big key. And earlier this season, when these two teams went toe-to-toe, it was an incredible game, Sunday night game. The Packers got out to a 17-0 start for them. The 49ers crawled their way back into it, took the lead with 37 seconds to go, but then eventually lost off a game-winning field goal off the foot of Mason Crosby. And going over to the Packers' side, the 49ers defensively, they're pretty good against the run, but against the pass, they very much struggle. The Packers, of course, Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, probably the best quarterback and wide receiver duo in the league. And the Niners give up the most passing yards to number one receivers in the NFL. Not a good formula if you are a San Francisco 49er fan. Devontae Adams already has 1,553 yards and 11 touchdowns in the regular season. Rodgers probably going to win his second straight MVP, 4,115 passing yards. 37 touchdowns to just four interceptions. That's a 12 to one touchdown to interception ratio. That's insane. AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones as well running the football. Both of them had over 799 yards with Aaron Jones, 803, and excuse me, AJ Dillon, 803, and Aaron Jones, 799. So it's going to be a good grudge match between the two of these teams, two physical teams at the point of the line of scrimmage. And I think that whoever's going to control the line of scrimmage better in this one is going to get the victory. I mean, you make a lot of good points, but I feel like the one that stood out to me is the the Niners defense against number one wide receivers and Green Bay is actually undefeated this season when Devontae Adams has 100-plus receiving yards. They're 7-0. and So it's not looking too hot for the San Francisco 49ers in this matchup if, if Adams really gets going like he has all season long. But, Chris, Jimmy did a great job breaking down this matchup. Is there any alternative? How do you see this? Yes. So when it comes to this game, um, first of all, I'm sorry that we weren't able to mention the Nickelodeon uh, part of last week's game. But nevertheless, uh, San Francisco, we know, has been the team that has been the thorn in the side for Green Bay, eliminating them now three times in the playoffs. Uh, But Green Bay this season has been 8-0 at home. Uh, They've had real no hole on this team besides the defense when it comes to rushing. That's their only uh, weakness, and that is a strength uh, for San Francisco running the game. Um, But other than that, Green Bay has been really just dominant for a lot of teams. They haven't always had this way of like pushing, of like putting teams away versus the Bears, the Rams, the Ravens. Uh, But they are, are overall just a dominant team for much of the season. Um, but when you're comparing San Francisco, they have an efficient running game. They have been a great front seven, something that is a key to beating Aaron Rodgers. Uh, they did it two years ago. Last year, when the Bucks were able to beat uh, Green Bay, um, 
in Green Bay. They had a great front seven. That is a major key if you're going to want to be able to beat the Packers. But this is a game that uh, I definitely love when it comes to the matchup. And I'll go with that. Well, yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely um, going to be an interesting matchup, especially, you know, the coaching. You have Matt LaFleur, Kyle Shanahan. I mean, those two, they're familiar with each other. They were uh, on the same coaching staff back in 2013, I believe, with the Washington organization. So, again, they have a history between each other, obviously, you know, back in 2019. Um, but anyway, uh prediction time this game is certainly I think this game could be one of the best games of the weekend I mean this 49ers team is is very underrated in my opinion I feel like they just dealt with a lot of uh you know extenuating circumstances throughout the regular season that led them to getting a, a low seed but I feel like they're definitely better than what their record says they are so Jimmy we'll ask you first how do you see this one going down I could really see this being potentially the best game of the weekend. These two teams, they know each other. They don't like each other. And they saw each other two seasons ago where the 49ers just beat the brakes off of this Packers team. They were able to host Green Bay and pretty much just run them out of San Francisco with a big L. But in this case, I do think that this is going to be a Packers win. I think that with the injury to Jimmy G's throwing shoulder as well as to his thumb. He's not going to be able to throw the ball as well as needed. Of course, with the defense, without a full Nick Bosa and without a full Fred Warner, their defense against Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams is going to be very, very tough to keep up with. And of course, with them having a very, very bad passing attack with probably Josh Norman covering Devontae Adams for the entire game. That's not a good matchup if you are the 49ers. If you're not able to get pressure on Aaron Rodgers at a consistent rate, you are probably not going to be able to win this game. I think the 49ers keep it close for the majority of this game, but I think the Packers are able to put them away late. And I say that the Packers are going to win by a score of 34-26. to 26. I like that prediction. It should be, a, I think it could be a high-scoring game um, as well. But, Chris, how do you see this one going down? Yeah, uh, so for both of these games on Saturday, I predicted that these were going to be a some double-digit wins. And for me, I'm going to go with the Packers. Uh, simple stat I'll go with, they're 8-0 at home. This team has looked dominant every time their opponents have uh, gone to the frozen tundra. And... I really like the Packers to finally be, this is their year to go all the way. Um, some people might be skeptical of, is this team going to be able to have uh, withstand the drama that has been in the locker room throughout the year with Aaron Rodgers. But nonetheless, I like Green Bay. They're the better team. They've got the better quarterback. Uh, Green Bay 24, San Francisco 6. And I also expect the Packers defense to show up big today, tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, you you mentioned that Packers defense. I feel like what's kind of being forgotten a little bit is that there's a potential Jair Alexander, who's, you know, a Pro Bowl cornerback, as well as Darius Smith and Whitney Merciless all return for this game for Green Bay. And if that's the case, it's going to be real scary for the Niners. Obviously, they already have 
uh, Devondre Campbell, who was a first-team All-Pro selection this year. But if you get those three back on your defense, I mean, again, the Packers are the top seed without them all year. You you can only imagine you plug those three players back into your lineup. It's going to be really difficult to move the ball. Um, but, yeah, I agree. I think the Packers get the win here. Um, I think they're also probably my pick to, to win the NFC, at least at the moment, um, unless I see something from either, you know, the Rams or or Buccaneers. I, I really – I don't know. I feel like this Packers team has a chance to finally break through the Super Bowl. Um, but, yeah, I think this one's going to be 31-20, and, and Green Bay gets the victory. But, Jimmy, thank you for taking the time out of your day to talk to us. We appreciate it, uh, and enjoy the weekend, man. Thank you, Joey. Appreciate it. All right. And, you know, as I just mentioned, we were talking about the other NFC teams in the playoffs. Right now, that is the Los Angeles Rams and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And for this matchup, we're going to hear from our guy, Justin Nicosia. Justin, how are you doing, man? Fantastic. I'm ready to watch some NFL playoff football this weekend. Uh, games last weekend weren't as great. I think part of it's just because they added the extra team to the wild card. But this weekend should be a lot better in terms of games. and I'm excited for it. This certainly is going to be a great one for the second straight game this postseason Tom Brady will be facing a team he previously played in the Super Bowl uh you know he played the Eagles this past week in the wild card now he's playing the Rams that was the first team he he beat and won his Super Bowl St. Louis back in 2002 and obviously they played again 2019 against the Los Angeles Rams um but the Buccaneers they trounced Philadelphia 31-15 during the Super Wild Card weekend and the Rams dominated their division rival, the Arizona Cardinals, 34-11 to en route to this divisional round matchup with Tampa Bay. Justin, you're obviously siding with Los Angeles a little bit more than Tampa Bay, so how do you see this one going down? Well, I just want to preface this by saying, back when we had our uh, preseason podcast, I had the Rams going to the Super Bowl and beating the Titans in the Super Bowl, and both teams are still alive, so I've got to stay true to that prediction, but more on that later. I'll get started with the Rams. And I mean, if we really take a look at this Rams roster, most people would say that they have arguably the two biggest defensive difference makers in the entire NFL on that side with Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald. I mean, these are two guys that are arguably the best players at their positions. Jalen Ramsey, one of the best cornerbacks in the league. Um, and a bit more of a down year this year compared to the past, but still elite. And Aaron Donald is still arguably the best player in the league. Might end up being one of the best defensive players of all time when all is said and done. And now if we're looking at Tampa Bay's current injury situation, I think Jalen Ramsey can really just thrive with this. He's got to be on a strict man-to-man assignment with Mike Evans for most of the game. Uh, you don't have to worry about Antonio Brown anymore or even Chris Godwin where he's got to decide on a man throughout the entire game. I think Jalen Ramsey's probably going to stick with Mike Evans the entire game. And if you look at the rest of Tampa Bay's roster outside of Evans and Gronk. The top three receivers on our depth chart now are Tyler Johnson, Cyril Grayson, and Scotty Miller. Scotty Miller's probably the biggest name to everybody else, but he hasn't exactly had success against the Rams in the three games he's played against them in his career. Now, if you want to look at Tampa Bay's backfield, Ronald Jones is now back. I mean, excuse me, Ronald Jones is out, but Fournette is about to come back. But I don't really think it's going to matter. 
the Rams are top five in run defense. And these two teams played in week three prior to the Rams making the trade for Von Miller. And they held the Bucs with just 35 yards on the ground. Granted, they were up for most of the game and Tampa Bay was passing for pretty much the entire second half. But the Bucs still only had 2.7 yards per carry, which isn't great at all. And if you're looking back at that game in week three, the Rams won 34-24 at home. They got to Brady three times, sacked him three times. And I know it's hard to win a game twice in a, in a season against the same opponent in the NFL, especially when both teams are on the same or very level playing field. But there are some key differences between that game and this game that I want to point out. First, week three was before the Von Miller trade. And when uh, Cam Akers was injured due to the ACL injury that he somehow miraculously has come back for just in time for the playoffs. Um, Chris Godwin was active for Tampa Bay and now he's out. He's done for the rest of the season. And Tampa Bay lineman Ryan Jensen and Tristan Wirfs were both active for that game. And neither of them practiced until today, which is Friday when we're recording this. And Ian Rappaport does report that Ryan Jensen should play, but Wirfs is a game time decision. So you don't know if you're getting your best lineman playing. And even if they both play, they won't be on a full week of practice and they've got a chance of re-injury because some of those ankle injuries can be pretty pesky. And lastly, on the Tampa Bay side, I've been active just JPP. He's been out all week due to personal reasons. Now, yes, there's still a chance he comes back before Sunday, but we don't know what these personal reasons are and he's just been completely gone. And if he doesn't practice before Sunday, he's still going to be rusty. Now on Los Angeles side of things, they're experiencing one key injury, and it does concern me, and it's to Andrew Whitworth. But if there's any quarterback in the playoffs currently, or really in the entire NFL, who can do well under pressure and with less time in the pocket, I think it's Matt Stafford. Prior to the season, Stafford consistently was top 10 in snap to pass time, largely because of the poor offensive lines that he had to deal with with Detroit. And he was still a fantastic quarterback, statistically one of the best. Um, and obviously this season really helps. He has Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup's coming off of arguably the best season ever for a wide receiver. He got the receiving triple crown with 145 catches, nearly 2,000 yards, and 16 touchdowns. And we all know how Cup gets it done. He's not necessarily the fastest guy in the world. He's not going to beat people with their speed like Jamar Chase or Tyreek Hill or make any crazy highlight catches like Julio Jones or DeAndre Hopkins. But he gets open better than almost anybody in the NFL. The only other person I could really argue that gets open better than he does is Devontae Adams. And he's going to be going up uh, against a pair of co cornerbacks, Carlton Davis and Sean Murphy Bunting, who I don't think will be able to stop one of the best route runners in the NFL. I mean, in week three, when Carlton Davis was on him, Sean Murphy Bunting was inactive, but Carlton Davis was on him. Cup had 96 yards and two touchdowns, and that was before they picked up OBJ. I just think that with OBJ and Cup against this defense, they're going to light up uh, the scoreboard passing the ball. And last thing I want to touch upon for the Rams is Matt Stafford. He's always been one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the NFL, in my opinion. Towards the end of the regular season, he had a rough stretch of games, especially against Minnesota. Uh, but last week he shined against uh, last week he shined against the Cardinals. And if you look at the two best seasons for the past decade, maybe even this century for receivers, it's Cooper Cup this year and Calvin Johnson in 2012. Matthew Stafford was a quarterback for both of those seasons. That's a common denominator there. And I think that Stafford can 
elevate whoever he's playing with. I know Calvin Johnson was a great talent regardless, but he elevated Cooper Cup before this season. Cooper Cup was Jared Goff, and he was still a very good receiver, but nobody saw him as a top 10, even really top 15 or 20 uh, receiver. Many people even saw Robert Woods as the number one option on this team. But now Cooper Cup is becoming a top 10, if not top five receiver in the NFL. And obviously on the other side, there's a Tom Brady factor, and he can always pull something out of his sleeve. But now we'll see how he does without his weapons. Yeah, Justin, I mean, you make a lot of great points. I think probably the the biggest one is that Tristan Wirfs, you know, him being out could potentially change this entire game. I mean, obviously you lose uh, a player like Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin, and everyone loves to, you know, talk about the skill positions, but that offensive line, I mean, he might be one of the best tackles in the entire league right now. I mean, he was a first team all pro. And if he's not fully healthy, uh, you know, he might be out there, but if he's still dealing with that ankle injury against the pass rush of, like you said, Aaron Donald, Von Miller and Leonard Floyd. I mean, that's, that's not going to be fun at all for him or Tom Brady. But, Chris, I mean, anything else you want to add before we get into our predictions? Yeah, this is probably the toughest game for me, I think, to pick uh, even higher for uh, Bills, Chiefs. Because when I look at these two teams, and I looked at the Rams last week, just played an A-plus game of football, uh, having over 100-plus rushing yards, made it really easy, uh, easy for this team to the point where Cooper Cup was like option three at this point in a lot in a lot of that game. Uh, he ended up just a classic stat line of his near 100 yards and a touchdown. But this team just was really showing that with their ability to dominate the lines, that they can just run, just humble you with uh, Cam Akers and um, Sony Michelle. Um, and when we looked last uh, earlier in the season, back in week three, when these two teams played. Uh, the Rams are just unstoppable. And this was back when the Bucks were fully healthy. Uh, Devin White is on, was playing that week. Levante David, uh, Shaquille Barrett, uh, Vita Vea. All of this front uh, front seven for the Bucks were playing. And the uh, Rams still had over 400 yards of total offense. Uh, Matthew Stafford had nearly 350 yards and four touchdowns. So this is definitely a game where I'm tossing and turning. But I definitely think that part of this game that's really going to come down is the offense for the Bucks versus uh, Rams defense with the stars for the Rams last week really showed out throughout the game. Um, and I think Aaron Donald and Tristan Wirfs and that in front line for the, uh, the Bucks is going to be something that I'm always going to be watching on every play. This will probably be the most I've ever watched a fr- uh, the offensive line, defensive line that I've ever seen. But I'm really looking forward to this game. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be so much fun to watch. I feel like last week, the Rams, it wasn't really much of a contest with Kyler Murray. You know, it's first playoff game, no DeAndre Hopkins. This time, you get arguably the most experienced quarterback, playoff quarterback, postseason quarterback, whatever you want to say, ever, in Tom Brady against, you know, a veteran defense like Los Angeles. So, again, it's going to be a chess match down in Tampa Bay. But, Justin? Prediction time. How do you, what do you think this, how do you think this one goes? You're both acting like it's going to be a very close game and I could definitely foresee it, but my prediction is going to have to end up being the Rams winning by 11, 31 to 20 is going to be my final prediction. I just think the Rams, both teams dominated last week, but 
the difference between playing against the Eagles, like the Bucks did and the Cardinals, like the Rams did is night and day. And the fact that the Cardinals were able to, or the Rams were able to make the Cardinals look so lost and silly offensively while only getting two sacks just makes me think that they could absolutely decimate this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team. If their linemen are either hurt or playing with lingering injuries. And if they're playing without some of their top weapons, I think that, you know, it might be a close game for the first three quarters, but the Rams pull away towards the end. Chris, what about you? Yeah, I've been, like I just mentioned, I've really just been uh, going back and forth, teeter-tottering between who I want to pick. Um, but when it comes to down to what I've watched a lot this year, I can't walk into we're doing the show again next week and saying I bet against Tom Brady and it ended up making it look like I have egg on my face. So I'm going to go with the Bucks in this. I really felt I've always been feeling like the Rams were going to be are the better team. They have more playmakers. They're way more healthy right now. I mean, the Bucks are going to be without Ronald Jones. Uh, Chris Godwin's obviously out. Uh, Jensen and Werps are going to be questionable. Uh, there's a lot of questions for this team when it comes to health. But at the same time, I mean, Tom Brady, I, I can't go and just say I'm betting against this guy. It's I've, I've been burned way too many times doing it. I'm going to go with the Bucks in overtime, 30 to 27. Yeah, I mean, as much as I want to agree with you, betting against Tom Brady is never a good thing. I, I have to disagree. I think I'm going to pick the Rams in this one. Uh, I do Good think choice. it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be a little bit closer than what Justin said. I think it's gonna be twenty-one seventeen. Um, but uh, again, I just feel like the Rams are the hottest team right now. You know, that game against the Cardinals was just honestly one of the most one-sided games I've seen in quite some time. Outside of maybe you know that Bills Patriots game, but. Wow, I mean, that defense was just all over the place. And, again, Tampa Bay is just not healthy right now, whereas the Rams, you know, OBJ catches a touchdown in six of his last eight games. You mentioned Cooper Cup's been amazing all season. You get running back Cam Akers uh, back on the field for Los Angeles. I mean, it just seems like everything is falling into place for Los Angeles at the right time. The only thing is, you know, how are they going to look on the road? That's the only thing. But I, I feel like they're good. they're a veteran team. They're going to be able to overcome that. Um, and I, again, I feel like the Rams are going to overcome that and, and win this game. So, Justin, thank you for joining us. Thank you for talking to us about this matchup. And we'll see if your prediction comes true. Of course, yeah, we'll hey, see. I, I was, hope it does. Yeah, I was on that one before last week when it came to Bills uh, Pat. So, uh, we'll see you again. We'll see. Take care, guys. All right. Again, that was Justin Nicosia. And finally, we've reached our, our last matchup of the weekend. We're here. Oh, gosh. I don't even want to talk about this game. Uh, I, I don't know if I can stand a, a Chiefs fan right now. But anyway, we got Jackson Shank here to talk about this matchup between the Bills and Chiefs. Jackson, how you doing, man? Just fantastic. Been listening this entire time. I mean, I have my takes. Everybody else has theirs. So obviously we're in, we're in a meeting. You guys can see my reactions to some of it. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited to, to, uh, to say some of my points, get my word out there and uh, see what y'all think. Maybe, maybe convince you to, to lean towards uh big red in Kansas city. 
Yeah, we'll see. Maybe maybe it's going to take a lot of convincing, I'll tell you that. But maybe maybe you will uh, get to me. But in a rematch of last year's AFC Championship game, the Bills, after scoring a weekend-high 47 points against New England, will travel to Arrowhead Stadium to take on the Chiefs. The Bills defeated the Chiefs in Kansas City during week five of the regular season, but the reigning AFC champions have only lost twice since that week five matchup with Buffalo. So Jackson, again, you're you're sporting the is that a Patrick Mahomes jersey, I'm assuming. Yeah. So you you clearly we know what side you're on. How how do you see this one going down? Well, I I am a Kansas City native, so I do want to point that out there. I went through my time and my suffering to get here. But yes, the Mahomes era is upon us, and I uh, I do see a fun game. I do see a really entertaining game. Every time these two teams match up, it is a highly watched, highly entertaining game. You have two quarterbacks with, like, sky's the limit for these guys. Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes are two electric players that everyone wants to watch. They are must-see TV. now. Let's let's go back to the past couple matchups that, that they've had, where these QBs weren't exactly must-see TV the last time we watched them. And we'll talk about Josh Allen in the first game. It was 38-20 to 20 last year's AFC Championship game. Chiefs kind of took them by storm. Uh, the Bills were very one-dimensional. I mean, they had Stephon Diggs. That was the big story that season. Uh, but obviously, the Chiefs' defense stepped up, and that was – that's been the story these past two years. Beyond week 12, Kansas City all of a sudden out of nowhere has this top 10, top 8 defense. And now I think it's really going to rival the up-and-coming Bills that everybody's been talking about. Let's go back to the week 5 matchup now. So we talked about how Josh Allen had a poor performance. Boy, oh boy, did Patrick Mahomes have a poor open to the season. Led the league in interceptions. I mean, I... I hope those words never have to leave my mouth again as a Kansas City Chiefs fan because of how much talent this guy's got. But, I mean, at that time, Tyreek was, I believe, either first or second in the league in drops, and we had easily a bottom five defense. Easily. So, yes, the Bills came in in week five. They ran all over us. Josh Allen did a great job moving out of the pocket, escaping using multiple weapons because Diggs was actually fairly locked up in that game. And their high-scoring defense took advantage of poor quarterback play. Now, let's talk about this defense for a minute, okay? These guys are great. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to take anything away from the Bills' defense other than one thing. And that's the division that they play, okay? When it comes to the playoffs, you guys, you've mentioned the greats, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, and I'm going to bring Patrick Holmes into that category. Because when you play against someone who is seven and one in the playoffs, uh, you're not going to be facing that poor quarterback that all of a sudden anxiety is going to strike mid game and he's going to flip out, throw two picks, and the game's going to be over. Now, in a division with Tua Tungavailoa, Mac Jones, and I mean, it changes by week for the Jets, but somebody's got to be up there to throw, right? This defense, don't get me wrong, they held those teams that you can't just show up and expect to win. But, I mean, they're snacking off some, some pretty easy wins, some, some games in which they've had six, six of their eight or their 17 games this season have been against poor quarterbacks. And if you look at their schedule against uh, postseason teams in the playoffs, they're two and four. They're two and four. They've lost to Brady. 
they lost, obviously, they lost to Pittsburgh week one that you may call it as a fluke. They ended up beating the Chiefs in week five, and they fell short to uh, the Titans as well earlier in the season, 34 to 31. So when it comes to facing a high-caliber team, I do think this Bills team will struggle. So let's talk about what they have to do to win, all right? Josh Allen, obviously coming off the best game of his season, 305 yards passing, five TDs, ran the ball very well. Now, it helps to have played a team twice already. I think that's a big part of it is they, they had the pass twice in their schedule. So by the third time around, Sean McDermott made the adjustments against what is probably the most lockdown defense in the NFL. And they need to stay hungry. I mean, how many times as a Chiefs fan, I've seen videos of Stephon Diggs watching the Chiefs sit there and accept their AFC uh, championship trophy. That's incredible because those guys, you know that they have the drive. They have a great fan base that represents that style of thing in the Bills Mafia. And yeah, now, so they got to stay home. All right. They got to use multiple weapons like they did last time. Dawson Knox had a great game last week and so did um, Emmanuel Sanders. They combined for three total touchdowns. Now, without Tredavious White that they had in that week five matchup, they've got to lock up Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey, which is no easy task. All right. And of course, with this rot- ever-rotating defensive line that they have, they've got so many guys, and it's it's really good for them because they keep guys fresh, but they need to contain the homes in the pocket. He hasn't run a lot this season, but when he does, he's very efficient with it. And especially picking up pesky, you know, third and fours or whatever with his legs, or maybe hitting some of his newer running backs, Jarek McKinnon and Daryl Williams, out of the backfield, these guys can be able to contain mobile players like that. So even with all these things going right for the Bills, they've got to deal with, you know, my reasons why Kansas City will win on Sunday, okay? Um, One, improved defensive play, okay? You got Chris Jones in this matchup who wasn't even on the field in their week five matchup. I I mean, outside of Aaron Donald, who at the defensive tackle position are we talking about in in football, maybe Cam Hayward, right? Cam Hayward's really solid. But uh, no, I, I don't see anybody outside of Aaron Donald, Chris Jones, and Cam Hayward who are that solid defensive tackle position or in those interior D-line. Uh, and you also have Frank Clark, who, yes, has had another quiet season. And yes, as a Chiefs fan, I am sad that we paid him the biggest bag for just to, I mean, just to get to that extra extra emphasis on the D-line, but he is fifth all-time in postseason sacks. So as much as, you know, you hate him in the regular season, he steps up in big games, all right? Now, a little shout-out to our uh, front office. Heck of a draft because our O-line has found its groove, all right? Two rookies in Trey Smith and Creed Humphrey who have been studs, and yes, hashtag Creed was snub, all right? Now, we also have Joe Tooney, Orlando Brown, these guys, and the big difference this year is they are healthy. Last year, losing our entire left side of our line and playing with one of our five normal starters in the Super Bowl, it made me want to cry. You saw Mahomes running for his life, okay? All right? Now, so O-line has improved, all right? Now, let's talk about Mahomes in the playoffs, all right? He's 7-1. and one. He is doing a heck of a job. He's made it to the Super Bowl or sorry, he's made it to the AFC Championship game every single year of his career. That's impeccable, all right? He's going to keep the consistency up. 
He is a different guy. He is different. Last week, you saw the stat against the Steelers. Yes, they're the Steelers. Ben Roethlisberger came out and said he had no hope for his team, whatever. But the guy scored 35 points in 11 game minutes. All right? 35 points. If you so much as slip, there it is. All of a sudden, Kansas City's on top. Okay? Now, this wasn't as big of a factor last time, obviously, because of the poor quarterback play. But they're at Arrowhead, and Arrowhead at the playoffs. I, myself, was at the AFC Championship game last year. I'm sorry, guys, but if you haven't had, if you haven't come to a game in Arrowhead, you need to be there. It's just crazy. Like, your voice is gone by the first quarter. That's just how it is. And if it's not gone, there's an issue. Okay? And now, I think, going to be the biggest like biggest dark horse factor is the Chiefs running game. Okay. Jarek McKinnon had an explosive game against the Steelers. Granted, they are a poor running defense, but I think most of it comes from his receiving ability, adding another threat. Like we are, we're all wondering as Kansas City Chiefs fans, who is that next guy? Obviously you have Tyreek and Kelsey, but who is the next man up, right? Pringle's been having, a, a pretty solid season, same with Hardman. They show up here and there. But someone who's been really consistent is Daryl Williams, and that's just being able to receive out of the backfield. When Mahomes is under pressure, who can extend the play? And Jarek McKinnon last week, along with Daryl Williams most of the season, is, uh, is I mean, it's it's been really beneficial for these guys because then you develop plays like RPOs, screens, stuff like that, just to get people open, change up the game. So that way you're not constantly relying on two weapons. And finally, let's talk about the coaching matchup. Okay. Sean McDermott has a three and three record in the playoffs. And since the Mahomes era, Andy Reid, seven and one. Okay. Now, I would I would argue, and I think a lot of people would argue as well, the Chiefs have two head coaches on their side in this game. Eric Bieniemy, uh, really, like people need to open their eyes because he deserves a job somewhere. Now, do I want him to leave? No. But Eric Bieniemy deserves a job somewhere. He's been a heck of an offensive coordinator, and I think with that kind of with that kind of coaching and the way that they were able to take this offense from as shaky as it was in the beginning of the season to as great as it is now, I think these guys stand a heck of a chance against a pretty dominant defense in the Bills. Well, Jackson, I think you did a, a pretty good job there trying to persuade me. And I appreciate well, it. For those who don't know, I am a Broncos fan. So there's a little bad blood between Kansas City and Denver, of course. But I, I love Mahomes. I think he's he's the best quarterback in the league right now. I mean, if you watched him against the Steelers last weekend, just ridiculous. 404 yards, five touchdowns, a TBR of 138. I mean, he was just absolutely incredible. And like you said, he just continuously gets to the AFC Championship game, regardless of who his opponent is. But we'll see if he can do it again this year. So, Chris, now I ask for your opinion. How do you see this one going down? Well, it's uh, definitely going to be hard to uh, be come right after that, uh, what Jackson gave. Uh, but I'll go right ahead. Uh, one thing that about Kansas City that he immediately hit that I was wondering if anyone was going to is that I think Jerry McKinnon is going to be a major X factor for this game when it comes to throwing out of the backfield. And everyone's going to be focusing on your major X factor or major playmakers of Tyreek Hill 
and Travis Kelsey are obviously the guys that immediately come to mind. But I definitely feel like Jarrett McKinnon is going to be this guy that's going to be able to establish easy uh, opportunities when it comes to first down and second down. Because when you look at Kansas City, they've had the best third down offense in the NFL. Him, along with Daryl Williams, I feel like are going to be uh, or have been great when it comes to starting off this team's uh, first down and second downs in their drives. And then secondly, uh, Jackson also hit this, is that since week six, uh, Kansas City's defense has just been a game changer, only allowing 17 points per game. I feel like that if you give up only that amount, you know, each week, again, a season, you're going to win every week. Um, so I love Kansas City in that aspect. Now for Buffalo, we mentioned and before that this has been, I've had the feeling that, as I said last week, that this is kind of their year. As I was heading into the season, you know, they had to beat New England in for the division, and then they had to face New England again in the playoffs. They surpassed that and showed a first time in NFL history having a perfect game offensively, scoring every touchdown for every drive, not having a turnover once. Uh, the defense, we mentioned before that, you know, Jackson gave his com uh, comments that it might in some areas have shown weakness. Uh, personally, seen uh, them face the, the Colts. They have shown that that their offense or their defense facing rushing is a not perfect. They have definitely weaknesses and their defense needs some areas where they need to massively improve when they're going to be facing uh, Mahomes and Tyreek Hill. They're going to be having a game change, uh, definite problems there. Um, so my last point that I'll give here is for their defense, their turnovers are going to be big thing for them facing Mahomes and for the Chiefs defense facing uh, Josh Allen. Whoever I think gets, uh, was able to force a key turnover, I think is gonna be the main uh, winner in this. But as I said, it, it's really tossing and turning between who I would pick here. I'm not gonna lie, I, I think I agree. I think this is actually the hardest game to pick because preseason, I thought the Bills were the AFC were going to be the AFC representative in the in the Super Bowl and you know the Chiefs get off to the slow start as Jackson mentioned but you know I watching this team closely you know obviously being a division rival of my favorite team I knew that they were going to be fine you know I I never really doubted that this is so, too good of a team to really be like okay this is just the end of the Chiefs run they're too talented and I knew that they were going to turn their season around. Um, and that being said, I mean, you mentioned the turnovers, Chris. Kansas City in their last eight games, they have 18 takeaways. You know, that's an average of 2.3, you know, cause turnovers per game. I think that could be very, you know, that could be huge in this game. I think it's going to be a close one for sure. But I'm, I'm curious to hear what you guys think. So, Jackson, you have a score prediction for this one? I do. I mean, I want to make it farther apart because I want to make like my points as valid as they are. I, I do think that, that it's going to be it's going to be tough to stop Josh Allen. But I think the biggest thing for me, too, is that he is yet to have multiple or back to back, I should say, uh, great games. So as much as he plays well against one good team and rises to the occasion, I it's all about consistency consistency especially in the playoff because you got to do it back to back to back to back to back weeks okay and you know i i have kansas city 
getting the magic number in this game, apparently, because the past two times that they've played, it's been 38 to 20. So I see Kansas City getting to that 38-point number. And I see the Bills falling short and getting 31. Now, I my original score prediction was 34 to 38. And I, I may stick with that. I have a little more faith in our defense. But, man, I just I think if Josh Allen slips up one time, it's going to be really tough to hold the the Chiefs offense back. So I'm going to I'm going to stick with my original prediction. I'll have I'll have it stay close, 38 to 34. Chiefs win it in Arrowhead. And uh yeah, then they probably go see the Titans in uh in the AFC Championship game. Well, there you have it. I'm I'm shocked. He's taking the cheat. No, I'm just kidding. Anyway, Chris, how do you see this going down? Yeah, I feel like I might have to be the uh, breaking vote for this uh, group of three here. Um, but I feel like a lot of people have been picking, uh, if you're a gambling person, the over has been hot for this team. Everyone's just been wanting to see. It's Mahomes versus Allen. you got to think that this is going to be a high-scoring game. But defenses have been disregarded for, over, uh, for basically a week now. I really like this being low-scoring, like similar to – uh, the score between San Francisco and Dallas. I'm going to go 23-17, and um, I'll go with the Chiefs here. I think that we mentioned earlier, Mahomes, he's gotten to the AFC Championship now three straight times. This team is just a determined boat that is not getting stopped here. So I'll go with the Chiefs, 23, Bills, 17. Seems like I'm going to be on an island. I think I'm going to be alone in my prediction. I think the Bills get this win. I really do. And I really I'm I'm perfectly okay if I come back next week and I and, and the Bills just get trounced by the Chiefs because it wouldn't be the first time I've rooted against Kansas City. But I really feel like Buffalo has a talent to take down the Chiefs. I mean, like their defense against the Patriots, obviously a rookie quarterback, you know, but I feel like that defensive performance was better than the Rams defense performance against the Cardinals because I don't even think Mac Jones was playing that poorly. I feel like Buffalo just out-schemed Bill Belichick and, and the Patriots, which is something that is, I mean, that just doesn't happen very often. So um, Buffalo, I mean, I think their defense is the best in the league right now. Uh, on the season, they had 42 sacks. They ranked first in pressure percentage. They also ranked first in points per game allowed and third down defense. Um, and then our offense. I mean, we talked about how good the Chiefs' offense looked um, in the in the in the wild card weekend. The Buffalo. I mean, they scored a touchdown on their first seven drives against the Patriots. And the Patriots' defense is also very good. Um, Devin Singletary. He's finally getting going. You know, they're utilizing their running backs a little bit more, and you know, KC, I think their defense was porous to begin the season, but it's definitely gotten a little bit better. But I guess I guess if there is an area where they are a little susceptible, it's on the ground. And I think if, again, you have a, a running back slash quarterback in Josh Allen, he might be able to exploit that. Devin Singletary again. You know, I feel like it could be I – I, I really feel like Buffalo could get this game. But, again, it's definitely up in the air. This is probably the – the hardest game to pick. And if it means anything to you guys, I, I said they're only going to win by three, 30, 31 to 28. So I feel like it's going to be a close game. 
and I feel like the Chiefs are still going to be able to put up a, a good amount of points. But I feel like in the end, Buffalo is going to secure the victory. I don't know if you guys want to respond to that. Is it the is it the defense for you? That's that's what I'm looking for. This like overarching like what's what's the killer? I just feel like these two teams are like mere mere images of each other, and that they're pass heavy offenses. You know, their their running games aren't terrible, but it's also not great. And you know, if the the you know if that's like the common denominator, then I feel like Buffalo's defense is just better than Kansas City's. Obviously, they're going to be on the road. That might change things. But in the end, I just feel like that's going to be the, the deciding factor. You know, if if Kansas City needs to drive down the field with two minutes left and no timeouts, I don't know. I feel like Buffalo's defense may be, may be able to stop them, whereas if it were the other way around, I'm not so sure if Kansas City's defense could stop Buffalo's offense. That's how oh. I see this game. Anyway. Oh, wow. Anyway. Anyway, wow. that's that's a that's a bold take, man. Hey, man. Holy cow! I'm, you're I'm talking. A bold to, guy. You're talking. To, you're talking about a guy who was in the Super Bowl, came back with ten minutes left in the game, down thirteen against the top-ranked defense all season. Just remember, like like I said, all all these games, like all these games, I've been I've been listening to the whole podcast. Like, dude, the biggest factor in the playoffs when it comes down to it is quarterback play is quarterback play, quarterback play, quarterback play. Tom Brady is 12 and one in the divisional round. I think that's the big reason. I I don't even, I don't know if Matt Stafford's going to be able to handle the Buccaneers. You know, you got Aaron Rodgers playing against Jimmy G. I mean, the Bengals game, honestly, that, that could be a toss up whether or not Derrick Henry shows his, uh, his elite colors back again, off an injury. And this game, you have, I would argue, the most the most QB talent is in this game. The most. And that's why, I think that's why it's so hard to pick, is there's nobody who has that slight crack of weakness. And both of them are coming off impeccable games. So, yeah, I, I mean, I can, I can see why you might slip to the other side. But, uh, yeah, well, when the chips are down and nobody's got timeouts and two minutes are left, I'm... I'd be ready to see who can step up to the challenge. Damn right there. I'd take Mahomes two minutes left and no timeouts 10 times out of 10. Hey, man. Easy answer. Easy. We're going to see. We're going to see. I mean, it might not come down to that. Who knows? Buffalo might just blow them out. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You know I'm joking. But, hey, that's going to do it. That's going to do it for our show. Jackson, we appreciate you having you on. You know, I had to to grind your gears a little bit as a Chiefs fan. You know, I had to. No, I I love it, man. This is what I live for. So thank you for having me. I really appreciate being here, and I'm glad I could sit down with you guys. Yeah, Jackson, if this game comes out and uh, Buffalo wins, I'm definitely going to want you back here and have a discussion before AFC Championship. <laughs> I, You know, either way, I'd be excited. I agree. Thank agree. Mm-hmm. Well, again, that's going to do it for our NFL Divisional Round Weekend Show. I hope everyone enjoys all the games. Chris, thank you for, again, being my co-host, chiming in on all the games. I appreciate you. And uh, we'll see you next weekend. The championship weekend, those games are going to be a lot of fun. But until then, it's been Jory Mickens. Take care, everyone.